So as I was thinking about this talk, I was thinking about what the word hope means to us. And I would just encourage us all that as I'm speaking to maybe keep that in your mind and think about what the word hope means to you. And so we've been in this time of Advent, in these weeks leading up to Christmas, which are times of waiting and expecting. And I was then reflecting on this word hope, and I was reminded of when I lived in Colombia, which is a Spanish-speaking country, and the Spanish word for hope, which is esperar. So I thought I'd teach you it, so that next time you go to Spain, you don't just have to say, hola, dos cervezas, por favor. You can have a new word to your Spanish lingo. So... What can help is when you want to learn a new word is if you repeat it. So we're going to all say this word together. Some of you will be cringing. But after three, if we say this together, you'll get it in your mind. So one, two, three. Esperar. Brilliant. Marvellous. So now you can write it down and you've got another word. But this word doesn't just mean hope. It also means wait and expect. So it made me think then that hoping waiting and expecting are all tied in together in some little way. So let me explain. When we wait, we are generally hoping or expecting something. When we are hoping, we are generally waiting and expecting something or someone. And when we are expecting something or someone, we are generally waiting and maybe hoping for that thing to happen or that person to come. Make sense? Great, we're all on the same wavelength, which is good. But I wonder if actually some of us feel that our personal or national situation right now is a little bit hopeless. Maybe we're not so sure about the election result, for example. Perhaps in a time of uncertainty, is Arsenal actually going to win any games this season? Little joke there. We're, We're no longer sure where to put our hope. All hope seems lost. However, maybe actually you're sat there and you are quite hopeful and you've got your hope firmly placed in something or someone. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus brought hope to those who were waiting and he still brings hope today. The Jews over two years ago may have felt quite hopeless. They'd been promised a saviour who would rescue them, but they hadn't heard from God in 400 years. 400 years. That's a long, long, long time. And I wondered, were they still holding out hope? Or had they given up hoping, waiting, and expecting? But as we heard in the readings, suddenly, angels of the Lord began appearing and speaking to people. God was speaking again. And in two of the readings, we heard that the angels of the Lord appeared to the shepherds and to Joseph, who was Mary's fiancé. And when this angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, the angel said that Mary will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, which means the Lord saves, for he will save his people from their sins. The Saviour, Jesus, is coming. This person who they'd been promised for hundreds of years was finally coming. But the Jews may not have expected God to start speaking to them in this way, especially not after so long. It was a huge deal. 
I imagine if I'd been that shepherd, I would have been absolutely terrified. But then, I might have been quite excited. Something big was happening. But also, as I said, they probably wouldn't have expected God to start speaking in the way that he did. They probably didn't expect Jesus, their saviour, to be as he was. He certainly didn't live or do things in the way that they expected. Yet it was him that brought hope to the nation. Even over 2,000 years ago, people were putting their hope in Jesus. And people, including me, still put their hope in Jesus today. So let's pause for a minute. And I'll just encourage you to think about what or who do you put your hope in today? So for some of us, it might be the government. You never know. It might be our family, a job, our sports team, our friends, our children. But it might just be Jesus. We heard about Simeon, who we believe is a, an older, more mature man, who'd worked in the temple for quite a number of years. And he was waiting with hope and expectation because God had promised him that he would see the saviour of the world, who was Jesus, before he died. We don't know how long he'd been waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. It could have been years, it could have been decades. But imagine holding on to hope for that long. And I imagine that when Simeon was told this promise by God, he would have been so excited. He would get to see the saviour, the one who would rescue Israel. That's huge. We also heard that Simeon was in the temple when Mary and Joseph arrived with Jesus. And Simeon recognised Jesus as being this very saviour that was going to rescue Israel. And although we don't know how long he'd been waiting for this promise to be fulfilled, we do know that he was eagerly waiting. He hadn't given up hope. He firmly trusted that God would fulfil his promise. Now what sometimes happens when you prepare a talk that has a topic is that topic becomes very relevant in your own life. And none more so for me in these past few weeks. Now I'm also getting married next year to Barney. Hey! Lucky him. <laughs> Had to get that in. And um, those of you who have married know that when you get married, you, you want to have a venue, a place where you can feed your guests, where you can give them drink and where they can have a good old boogie into the night far longer than you can because you have to leave early, which is always a bit of a bugbear of mine. I'll be dragged off. Um, and Barney and I thought that we had found the most perfect venue. For me, it was everything I could have hoped for. And we had to wait, though, a while to find out if we could have this venue. Now, I think we were probably waiting for about a month, but it literally felt like forever. I felt like the Jews, 400 years, that's what it felt like. But it was only about a month. And I was like, come on, God, come on. This is clearly the venue that we're meant to be having. But then I got that email that said, I'm really sorry, the venue actually isn't available when you want it. And I had that sinking feeling in my stomach, that disappointment, those thoughts of, well, what now? 
And I had a little bit of a tantrum. And I said, God, if you really wanted us to get married, then we'd have that venue because it's perfect. But then God challenged me. And he said, Esther, why are you getting married in the first place? Is it for the venue or is it for something else? I'll keep it quiet what I said. (laughs) But it did make me stop. And it, it made me give my head a bit of a wobble. I find it helps if I do this every now and again. And it was a reminder, why am I actually getting married? And so I decided to surrender the venue back to God. And I said, God, I know you already know where it's going to be. And I trust you in that. And I'm just going to wait. But to cut a long story short, is that we were able to secure a venue last week. And actually, it's far better than we could have hoped for. We, I think we like it even more than the other one. And it's a bit cheaper, which is even better, right? And actually for me, giving my head a little bit of a wobble and putting my hope back in God has had a far better outcome than I could have hoped for. But I know that not every story ties up nice and neatly like my one. That actually sometimes it doesn't quite work out this way and that what we hope for doesn't happen. But it doesn't mean that God isn't in it or with us. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't mean that everything we want will happen. Unlike Santa, there's no nice or naughty list. And we don't get what we want just because we're nice. But equally, Jesus doesn't ignore us because we're not following him or following him perfectly right now. Being a Christian doesn't mean that we're going to have an easy life because tough stuff happens to Christians as well. But as Christians, we believe that Jesus does live today. But in times of uncertainty, or even in times of certainty, we have a choice. We can put our hope in the government, in our job, in our friends, in our family, in our health. Or we can put our hope in Jesus. We heard from Barney that said, he said that even when he was at his lowest point, when everything had fallen down around him, and he didn't know where else to turn. He knew that God was always there, knocking on the door. But knowing Jesus gave him that glimmer of hope that things would get better, even though at the time life was hard and it didn't make any sense. And Jesus is so much more than a man that lived 2,000 years ago. His birth was God's way of saying, I am not distant. I am here with you always, in the highs and the lows. And no matter what is going on in life, I know with certainty that he is right here with me, with each and every single one of us, right now, going through that same stuff. Jesus brought hope to those who were waiting, and he still brings hope today. And I'm going to pray, but before... I do. If anything I've said has stirred something in you or you've got any questions, please come and ask anyone that you've seen at the front today or ask the person you came with. But if that's just a little bit too far out of your comfort zone, you can pick up one of these Why Jesus books. There's some at the back and there were some on the tables you came in. So please help yourself to those.